You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. In the name of Jesus, amen. Ten lepers cried to the Lord, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And all ten of them were cleansed from their corruption. Now, doubtless, all of them gave thanks of some sort to the priest who inspected them, to the Lord God of Israel with the prescribed sacrifices? We're not really sure. Maybe some of them were just sort of, you know, generally grateful. Kind of like when you ask your neighbor how she's doing and she says, Oh, I'm grateful. Grateful to whom or for what? Who knows? But one of the lepers, a Samaritan, an unclean Gentile, returns to the giver of the gift and he glorifies God by worshiping this man by falling at his feet and thanking him. And so what's the difference? Why did this one man return to Jesus and the others didn't? And there's no mystery here because Jesus tells him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. But weren't the others made well? If they were healed, shouldn't that mean that they had faith too? So why didn't they also return to Jesus? Dear saints, this is indeed the the chief scandal of this text, that Jesus' own kinsmen didn't recognize the Holy One of Israel being great in their midst. Yes, they were all healed, but the Samaritan was made whole in both body and soul. He received faith, the gift of the Holy Ghost that doesn't heal That doesn't merely heal physically, but also spiritually. It saves eternally. Indeed, the better translation of this morning's text would be, Stand and go, your faith has saved you. And so this morning we learn from the Samaritan what, what true Christian thanksgiving looks like. It receives good gifts from God's hand, both physical and spiritual, and it falls at Jesus' feet in worship, praise, and thanksgiving. Now, I think that there's at least, maybe more, but at least three problems that each of the lepers is oppressed with in this text. So first of all, and most obviously, their, their bodies are falling apart. And it would, I imagine, be pretty hard to ignore the fact that, you know, your skin is falling off and even parts of your body are falling off. Leprosy is a horrible disease. Thanks be to God that we're pretty much rid of it in this country. But in other parts of the world, you know, they're they're still struggling with this. Now, the other two problems are are much less obvious, but no less important. On the one hand, they were ceremonially and ritualistically unfit, according to the Levitical law, to take part in Israelite society and religious life. Now, this was already the case with the Samaritan, who was an outcast by birth, But just imagine how dejecting it must have been for the Jews when they came down with leprosy to then have to be removed, according to the law, from their friends, from their family, from their synagogue, and even from the worship at the temple. In some ways, you can imagine that it's a a faith that's worse than death because it's as if God no longer loves them, that they had been cast out of his presence. And this feeds into the final and third problem, and that's the most serious problem. 
I think that each of these men struggled with a fledgling faith or no faith at all. Now, why is that? Well, first of all, as Jesus approached, unlike many of the others in, 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 the, in the Gospels, people, the characters in the Gospels who cry out to Jesus for mercy, they don't call out to Jesus as, Lord, curios. They say, Jesus, Master. They're calling him a great man. They're not calling him Lord. And also, we know that because true faith clings to Christ and him alone, that even though the, the, the nine lepers received healing in their bodies, they still did not receive Jesus as they should have, as the Gentile did. Now, it's good to consider how these problems relate to one another because I know that each and every one of you at one part of your lives or possibly here soon in the future, you're going to have to face sickness, isolation, and a fledgling faith. And if the lepers teach us anything, it's that the afflictions of the body are certain to affect your soul. And so when you're attacked by, by chronic pain, by exhaustion from life at work or at home, from the fear of death, from losing a loved one, you're not only being outwardly tested, but your spirit is being attacked. These are the times when the devil is going to whisper into your ear that God has forgotten you. That you wouldn't be sick if you had more faith. That getting to church just would spend too much of your already valuable energy and time. And so bodily affliction and spiritual affliction always go together. That's why uh, Pastor Wolfmuller and I uh, really try to go out of our way to see people when they're in their hospital. Because we know that just as much as they need at that moment, you know, physical care, that this is also a moment of, of spiritual crisis, that they need to hear that their Heavenly Father still loves them. Now, what's interesting is that, you know, that St. Paul indicates that what's bad for your soul is also bad for your body. And so, in 1 Corinthians, he describes how, how, the, how some people abuse the Lord's Supper, you know, and how it was received. And because of that, some of the Corinthians became sick and even died. And so also you know that how when you've had a bad conscience, when you've known your sin and felt your guilt, when you felt your shame, how it afflicted you bodily. You could feel it in the pit of your stomach. And here's the point. The lepers in this text weren't merely suffering outwardly but inwardly and spiritually. Having been cast aside by the fellowship of God's people, they began to rot away on the inside as much as they were on the outside. And yet, from a distance, they saw this man, Jesus, and they begged from him mercy. Jesus heard their prayer, and he said yes. He told them to show themselves to the priests, and each and every one of them was cleansed. All of them, I want you to understand this, all of them received their Lord's kindness and mercy. And without a doubt, all of them also gave thanks. Now, as, 
as he did in the lives of these lepers, your Lord Jesus also also continues to give you gifts of healing, fellowship, and continued life. Really, he makes your life good. You know, Pastor Wolfmuller made me read this article by some Australian guy. Who knows where it came from? Uh, and, and the whole point of the article was that uh, life is really better than most of us want to give, you, you want to give credit for. So, for instance, uh, we take for granted the fact that, you know, we have people to love or that we have wonderful food to eat or that you get to grill out this weekend, you know, uh, that if we were to compare the reality against what, you know, the, the popular literature of the day or of the movies tell you, <laughs> they're actually quite different. Now, a lot of times in the books, you know, that you read, in the novels that you read, life is always so depressing. There's senseless suffering and violence and, and death. And also, in many of the movies that people find popular today, they're, they're called, you know, artistic and good, if especially everybody dies at the end or, you know, there's at least no hope left. But that's not the truth of it in this world. Our Heavenly Father is gracious and good to us and continues to give to each and every person more than he or she deserves. So yes, the Lord is good. But sinners are fine with taking from God's hand and and thinking that it's somehow their due. Or perhaps they've imagined that blind fate has given them their recovery from their last cold the joy at the birth of the last child, or or the fact that they have so many friends who love them. Now, these folks will give thanks, but they refuse to see their Heavenly Father's kindness in the hands of His Son, Jesus. And so, dear saints, you also know when your hearts have grown cold and you've taken from God's hand without a thought or word of thanks and praise. And so you know how easy it is to sit down, you know, for lunch, especially when you're in a rush, and to forget to pray. You know how easy it is to, to, to go to bed at night without, you know, thanking God for keeping you that day from all harm and danger, for forgiving your sins, and also for waking up, in, in, when you wake up in the morning, how often do we just jump into our day and think that we don't have time to, to thank God for His kindness in bringing us through the night? We don't pray. And for that, we should repent. But thanks be to God that your, your Lord Jesus has not only given you all of the bodily gifts that you enjoy, but the most impure, important spiritual gift of all, the forgiveness of sins. Despite the fact that you were an, outca- an outcast from God at your birth, <laughs> because of your corruption, there wasn't a scrap of anything that was holy or clean within you. Jesus saw you. He loved you, and He cleansed you from your sin in holy baptism. And there, in that washing of water and the Word, Jesus sent forth the Advocate, the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, who worked in your heart, saving faith, the same saving faith that was found in the Samaritan. He opened your ears to hear Jesus' voice, to know that He's much more than just an earthly master. He is your Lord. He is the one who purchased and won the Father's kindness for you and for sinners just like you by His blood, by His sufferings and death, and by His resurrection. And now St. Paul says that Jesus sits at the Father's right hand to give gifts to men. He gives you food and drink, house and home, and all that you need, 
But most importantly, he he continues to give you spiritual life. And that is salvation through faith in Jesus. Now, having received all of these things, how else can we respond but in thanksgiving? You You can't receive kindness and mercy from your heavenly Father through Jesus' hand and say, well, let me find something to give you back as if you're going through some sort of cosmic exchange of goods. (laughs) You're a beggar. And what is the one thing that a beggar can and should say? Thank you. Thank you. That is what the Samaritan teaches us. To receive mercy, knowing that you don't deserve it, there's nothing you could ever give back for it except the word of thanks and praise and a confession of this, your Lord's kindness. And so you do follow the Samaritan's example by falling at Jesus' feet, the feet of the incarnate Lord, and you confess his mercy. That's why when you come to the altar, you kneel. You kneel like the Samaritan did, confessing the wonderful gift that you are receiving there. And so we learn to sing and to praise and to give thanks with the words that you heard also from the prophet Isaiah. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.